Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. We're going to have a familiar face on the show today, Dr. Dan Loy from Iowa State and the Iowa Beef Center is going to be here. We're going to talk about implants in cattle. Stay tuned. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. I'm here with Dr. Dan Loy, who's a friend and colleague. He's the director of the Iowa Beef Center. Um, he is a staple in ruminant nutrition, growth physiology of cattle, and, and much more. He's been a mentor to me, and it's great to have you on the show. Happy to be here. Great, great. We're going to talk about uh, something that, you know, there's been some controversy over implants because we've got some new regs coming, but I thought, well, let's, let's remember why we use them. Mm -hmm and talk about it and uh, and Dr. Loy has done probably as much implant research and, and, and evaluation as anybody I know. And, and so uh, when we, let's start out and just go through the segments, but let's start out with cows on the, or calves on the cows. Yeah, well, and that's a great place to start. And it's actually one that probably um, producers could take a lot more advantage of, you know, in the feedlot, um, I'd say, you know, 97% plus uh, of those cattle get an implant. And in the cow-calf industry, it's it's a very small percentage. And, and they're, so they're bypassing a technology that uh, is probably, the, in terms of dollars per dollar invested, returned is, is one of the highest returning technologies that are out there. Yeah, and it's, it's easy. And if you're branding, and you're giving them a vaccination, it's, they're right there. It's the perfect time. And, you know, when, when the calves are castrated, you know, you take it out and take hormones out, put it back in to replace it. And you're going to add 30 to, in some research, as much as 40 pounds of weaning weight. That's amazing. It's, and, and, and if we're getting two bucks a pound. Or three. Or three. Yeah. You know, now we're talking you know, 80 to $120 a head. Right, right, exactly. On and, and for a, you know, a very small investment. So right, that, right. So, so that three, four months of age is, is about the right age. Um, which calves are, are, you know, if we're going to, if we're sitting down and we're a commercial herd, because let's take seed stock out, you know, we're, we're not going to implant bulls. Um, you should never implant a bull intended for breeding. Um, but We've got steers and we've got heifers. Right, right. So there's there's no disadvantage to implanting a steer. No, absolutely. Um, you know, any animal that's uh, that is, is a steer should be implanted. Yeah. No question about that. And heifers, you know, uh, you you might want to avoid implanting heifers. You know, you're going to keep. But on the other hand, if you do implant a heifer, I I wouldn't uh, stop. That wouldn't stop me from keeping that heifer. Right, and and just use a calf implant, right? Right, right. If calf you're implant on the heifers, because that's what we've always said is that hey, if it's, you know, if you know you're going to keep them for replacement, you don't need the growth. But that's right. That's right. <laughs> and if you don't know, you should implant them. And and if you know for sure you're going to sell them, you should denture implant them. Yeah, for sure. And there, you know, there's three calf implants. There's three major companies that sell implants. There's one from each of those companies. Um, and uh, just choose the one that uh, that fits your system best. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, any other? I mean, cows. Uh, you know, any other implications of implants with the calves? Well, no. I you know the, I think uh, 
there, you know, there's some research that shows if you, you implant cattle, they'll be bigger for life, you, you know, and, yep. and your mentor did some of that. I did some of that. Uh, and so, you know, if you know you're going to keep them for cows, that might be one reason to, to avoid implanting. But again, uh, the data shows that if, if, uh, if you do implant them, that, that's not a reason not to keep them back. Never implant a bull. Implant all your steers and uh, make decisions on your heifers based on whether you're going to keep them or not for replacements. But, but uh, for sure, if you know you're going to keep them, no need to. But if you don't know, implants won't hurt your repro uh, uh, physiology or, or outcomes, right? Right. Great. All right. When we come back, we're going to jump into stalkers and, and grow yards. This is Dr. Dan Loy. We'll be right back. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Dan Loy. We're at Iowa State University in the Department of Animal Science where Dr. Loy serves as the director of the Iowa Beef Center and uh, we're talking implants. And so as we move to the next production stage, we're, we're gonna start increasing the dosage rate and, and combining some products, right? Right, right. As we start looking at, at developing an implant system, a lifetime system, uh, you know, one general rule of thumb is that as, as you move up in rate of growth and kind of move up the system closer to finishing, that you increase the, uh, the, the potency of the implants that you're using to kind of match the potential growth that those cattle have. So, you know, like we we're talking about, you know, most of the calf implants are just estrogen right. or an estrogen analog or something of that nature. Now we're going to start introducing TBA. Right, right. So yeah, T so estrogen, you know, there's really two basic steroid hormones that are used in implants. There's the estrogen compounds and then there's androgen compounds, uh, which is, is TBA for uh, trembolone acetate yeah. is the, the androgen that's used in, in all of these. And, and it's used because it, uh, it provides the, the growth uh, and the, the, the anabolic effect, but without all the secondary sexual characteristics that you see. Yeah, and we found, you know, through the through the trials and tribulations, which it's hard to believe that now Revelar is a thirty-year, I know, anniversary I know. or birthday, but we found that that putting these together gives us an additive growth response yeah. or even a synergistic versus using them separately. Yeah, because they have a different mechanism of action. Uh, you you know you may get a ten percent growth response or fifteen percent growth response with an estrogen get a 10 to 15% response with an androgen, you put them together and you may get 20 or 30%. Yeah. So, so you more than double the, the response that you'd get with an individual implant. Yeah, and if they're gaining two and a half pounds or three pounds a day or, or two pounds a day on, on grass as a stalker, I mean, you're, you're talking six tenths of a pound a day or you know anywhere from a third of a pound a day to a half a pound a day. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you're looking at 15, 20% of the control growth. And so, yeah, if they're gaining two and a half, three pounds a day, that's, that's significant. Yeah. So when we, when we look at grass or background or implants and the intermediate, uh, those were actually the, <laughs> some of the more recently approved products relative to some of the the higher anabolic products right right you know you have uh, uh, you know the the g suffix implants you know that that uh, those are for grass or growing and yeah. so so those implants are available more recently we have some longer duration um uh you know stalker or, or growing implants i guess the one thing i i would say 
you know, we do have some systems that, you know, like cornstalk grazing, where the cattle might be going to grass later and they're only going to be gaining a half a pound a day. And there, you, you know, a 10% response of a half a pound isn't very much. So, so in that case, you might save your implant to the period of time where the cattle are really going to be growing faster. Yeah, and Preston did some of that work that about 1.7 times their multiple of maintenance mm -hmm. is where they've got to be energetically to really have an implant make an impact. Right. And right. Uh, so just exactly what you're saying, if we don't have the groceries, maybe save the, the implant. But if we got the groceries, we're just wasting money not doing it. Exactly, 100%. <laughs> it's great stuff, folks. Uh, steroid implants are a, a tool that's been around for over 70 years, uh, invented right here in this building. In this building, that like we're sitting two doors in, down. Two doors down. And so uh, something that we're proud of at Iowa State and uh, something that the industry uh, has really used to improve efficiency. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here with my friend and colleague, Dr. Dan Loy. We're at Iowa State University in the Department of Animal Science. And Dr. Loy serves as the director of the Iowa Beef Center. And go to the Iowa Beef Center website. If you wanna see what, I'm, I'm biased, but if you wanna see the, the, the most uh, relevant information for producers that you can use in the field, what Dr. Dan, and his staff uh, at the Iowa Beef Center has put together uh, for, for, for a long time, it's, it's really good stuff. Yeah, we work hard to keep it up to date. <laughs> it's, and I use it all the time. People call me and ask me a question. I just go and look and find it on the Iowa Beef Center website and, and kick it over to them. And good. Uh, yeah, it's, it makes everybody's life easier. But we're talking implants. And, and one thing about implants, we talked about them being you know, 50, 60, 70 years old, and, and they don't have a withdrawal. No. They do not have a meat uh, withhold. So when people start talking about safety and you've done some of the stuff on estrogenic activity of right. different compounds and how little there is in beef, um, it, it is amazing to me that we have something we've used for 70 years with no withdrawal and I, no negative adverse events. No, no. Um, you, you know, the, the only time that there's a potential for that is if it's not used properly. Yeah. You know, if it's not implanted in locations that are approved and, and that's very infrequent if ever. And, and then we're talking about when you talk about the size of an implant, the mm -hmm. size of an Advil. Mm -hmm. sure. For an 800 pound beast for 120 days, not a 160 pound human for four hours. That's right. And, and, that, <laughs> and that small amount of compounds going to increase their growth rate as much as 30 <laughs> percent. So let's talk about finishing cattle, and, and we've got the two segments here, and I thought we'd talk about uh, implants in the finishing phase, and then we'll get into some of the extended release products, but, but um, talk to me a little bit about implants and finishing cattle. Well, this is where you get the most bang for, the, for your buck. You know, the, the last 80 to 100 days you own the animal is when, you're going to, when it's going to pay off the most. And so regardless of what you do prior to that, getting a, an implant in that animal's ear you know, the last uh, 100 days or so is, is uh, going to be your, your most benefit. You know, we're talking, uh, uh, you know, at 25% increase, cattle gaining four pounds a day, that's a pound a day. And that, you can visually see that in studies where you have a, a non-implanted control versus implanting. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to me when, you know, you and I get to watch growth data mm -hmm. 
and when you when this when they start coming in and a week later you know they're they're weighing you know they're gaining four pounds a day or or something of that nature and, and you're seeing them gain you know 20 30 pounds a week yeah it's it's absolutely amazing it's, you look at a month and they're like hey those, those aren't even the same cattle it's incredible and you know one thing we get asked is well let's say i own this animal we talked about stalker and calf foot implants what if i own them through the, their lifetime well you may get a little more response uh, for if for a terminal implant um, if they hadn't been implanted prior but it still pays to implant throughout every segment if, yes. if you own them uh, from birth to to finish i would implant them at the calf hood i'd implant them in grower or stalker and i'd implant them in the feedlot as well and and what we see is that diminishing return that that payout of that implant the reason when we re-implant we can, can maintain a consistent approach. And if you, if you do proper implanting through the life cycle of the steer, you're talking almost $200 a head. Oh, at advantage. least. Advantage. Yeah, at least. Um, you know, with current feed costs, it's probably more than that. Hard to pass that up, folks. So I'm glad we're talking about it today. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the extended release and re-implant strategies. We're here with Dan Loy at Iowa State University. Stay tuned. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson and Dr. Dan Loy. We're here at Iowa State in the Department of Animal Science, the building that Dr. Wise Burroughs uh, patented and invented the, the first use of a steroid implant in cattle. That's right. And uh, when that was rolled out in uh late 1940s uh, the cattle feeders day there was a thousand cattle feeders that came to hear his talk that's <laughs> so. it's uh, it's amazing and and we're blessed to to somewhat carry on his traditions and uh here at, at iowa state and and talk about implants and and so when when we start to think about the technology and how it's changed from those days in the late 40s and early 50s to to now to 2023 um probably the, one of the bigger changes was the extended release. The extended release has been, uh, ha has been a big factor. And, uh, you know, for, for one thing, it, you know, it, it cuts down on the need to run cattle through the chute a second time, re-implant when they're heavier. Um, and, uh, you know, there's maybe some uh, savings from in terms of labor, some savings in terms of uh, stress on the cattle and that type of thing. Uh, and the response to those 200-day uh, implants or is uh, very comparable to uh, a re-implant program. So kind of describe how those work, what an extended release implant, because every, every company has one now, but uh, kind of talk to me about how that works. Yeah, it kind of depends on the implant. Yeah. Um, the, you know, well, the first extended release was the estrogen only that was embedded in a uh, a matrix, uh, a silicone uh, plastic matrix that just releases slowly over a, a 200 or 300 day period. Uh, more recently, the combination implants, there, there's two of those that are out there. Uh, the first one is basically um, a, a moderate combination implant that's, that, that is released right away, followed by or along with a terminal implant that's coated so that it doesn't start to release until after 70 days. So you basically get the, the same result as if you had implanted those cattle at the beginning and then re-implanted about 70 days later. The, the third type is, is similar to that, but, but basically releases slowly over a 200-day period or so. Yeah, you know, it kind of trickles out. Trickles out. Yeah, yeah. just consistent. So, 
you know, I, and I could see, especially even different times of the year, uh, you know, if you know you're going to need to re-implant in July, August, and you're going to be limited on the time of day because of heat stress that you can run right. your processing barn, kind of some forward planning to use those types of products. Right, right. You know, I've, I've always talked about, you know, in developing a strategic implant program is to start with a market date and work backwards. Because like we said earlier, you're going to get your most bang for your buck if you have the right implant in at the end. And so, so that's where it's important. So if you have a, a longer period of time, that's where these types of implants really pay for themselves. And as we leave, uh, proper procedures and applications, vital. It's incredibly important, and all of the implant companies uh, can help train your crew, help, can teach you about the proper methods to do that. Here in Iowa, you know, we have some times where we can get some dirty ears and muddy ears, and, and using good cleanliness and cleaning those ears is really important to get the most uh, performance. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, a wealth of, of information, Dr. Dan Loy, uh, steroid implants, use them throughout the life cycle. Uh, different products out there. Uh, work with your nutritionist. Go to places like the Iowa Beef Center to learn more about how to, how and when to implant and what products to use. And be looking too for the regs that are coming up in June right. to make sure that you're legal in your operation. But thanks for being on the show. Happy to do it. Thanks for watching. Remember, always work with your local veterinarian. And if you want to find out more about what we do on Doc Talk, you can find us at www.doctalktv.com. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson with Dr. Dan Loy at Iowa State University, and we'll see you down the road. Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Stressors that trigger bovine respiratory disease are all around. So when you spot BRD in your herd, turn to Suprevo, the fast that lasts. Suprevo is rapidly absorbed in as little as 45 minutes and lasts up to 28 days. Because in the race against BRD, you need to win. Ready, set, Suprevo. In case of human injection, seek immediate medical advice for use in beef and non-lactating dairy cattle only. For prescribing information, talk to your veterinarian or visit Suprevo.com.